From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more corner pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Run to my hips, run to my hips, run to my hips, run to my hips, run to my hips. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up War Champ presented by the Corner Pocket Barn Girl. Coming up on today's show, it's the Renegade Express mailbag. Chock full of questions. How emotional will Doke be seeing Jordan Travis on the field in Tallahassee for the final time? Can Miami ever make it, quote, back? Can a one-loss Alabama be in the way of Florida State? And some initial thoughts on the Louisville possible matchup in the ACC championship game. Wake Up War Champ presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida, cptallybar.com. That is the website. You can always have the QR code on your screen. It takes you right to said website. You can place your order to go. Get it, grab it, go, or just hang out all day. Thursday's bingo night, 7 o'clock. Test your bingo skills, win drinks, prizes, cold, hard cash. Thursday's lunch special from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Cheesesteak sandwich, chicken or steak. Mm, side dish of your choice. Only $8.99. Take advantage of it. And come out Friday, happy hour, regular season finale. Season finale? I don't know. But regular season finale of the happy hour. Probably the season finale too, right, Corey? Because we're not going to be hanging out on a Friday because if they're playing a football game, we're, we're probably on the road covering the Knolls. 100% on the road. So, yeah, this is it. This is your last chance to uh, hang out, rub elbows mm. with Jeff Cameron and myself. Yeah. Uh, so, dude, I might even come out of my my lair, of my cave, come hang out with you folks. Mm. So. Talk about a treat, folks. What else do you need to hear? Get your butt to Corner Pocket. You might see Aslan. Oh, that sincerity is what gets me out of bed every day. So <laughs> what gets me out of bed every single day. Warchant.com, your ultimate symbol sports source. Won't you hit the thumbs up button, please? If you're on YouTube, leave us a five-star rating review. If you listen to us on a podcast app like Apple Podcasts, that would be super cool. Corey Clark, how are you, man? You're spry today. I love it. Loving it. I'm good, buddy. Had a good workout. Uh, got some sleep. Uh, good, good times. I, I feel all right. I feel pretty good as we come down to the home stretch. Come down the home stretch of the season. Yeah, it's going to be senior day. Uh, as Coach Norvell after practice on Wednesday, it was you know kind of trying to backdoor in and see if he'd give us maybe some insight into who's staying, who's leaving. But I was like, you know, how are you going to play things out with guys that maybe have not exhausted their eligibility? Like, would you allow them? to go walk with the seniors. And he's like, yeah, we'll see how it goes. You know, he mentioned last year, I don't know if Jamie came out for senior day, senior night against Florida, but Tatum Bethune did, and Tatum Bethune came back. So mm. maybe we shouldn't look at what happens on Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening, rather, 6.30 CW, U UNA, as like finality for some of these guys. But maybe we should, though. Like if Johnny's out there, I mean, I would think that probably means Sayonara. Well, or, yeah, no. because Johnny's a draftable kid. And this is no offense to Tatum Bethune, but if he gets drafted, it'll be very late. Um, so, yeah, if Jared Burst and Johnny Wilson walk, um, and Keon Coleman, if they walk, which they probably all should because they'll get one last ovation uh, from the Florida State fans, uh, yeah, I think that uh, we'll know that they're – I think we know already – uh, that they're probably not coming back, but that would kind of be the the final nail in the coffin. All right, so it'll be a uh, an emotional. I think be, and Dimitri Emanuel walked last year too, and mm. he came back. Uh, yeah. Dimitri Emanuel participated in pro day. Man, he was gone. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, because he he thought that he had like no more eligibility. Yes, correct. Left, so he was yeah. gonna he was gonna have to hightail out of here. But it all worked out. It all worked out. So. All right, uh, speaking of this uh, senior day, we go to our – let's start off with our guy, 16th in line, but we'll go right to him. Bourbon is your friend, Dave from Bardstown, Kentucky, everybody. The rivalry continues. <laughs> Great. Aslan, allow me to offer my solace for the treatment you've received for your expertly constructed and eloquently delivered questions over the last four days. I know from experience how disheartening it can be to craft a veritable sonnet of inquiry and it be met with derision and besmirchment. Have Keep you been met with derision? Yeah, I, I, I irked Mike on Tuesday. For what? Um, I wasn't at practice on Tuesday, folks, so I don't know what Aslan did. Uh, so we spoke to the long snapper, mm. which was, I'm like, you know, 
you usually don't want, you know, he mentioned it on Monday about how proud he is of James Rosenberry. He has a name, everybody. Right. Uh, how well he's done. He's like, you usually don't want people to know your fans. You don't want your fans to know your long snapper's name, your operation, people, your holder, because that means they've done something wrong. Right. And I was like, hey, I'm like, I know you're kind of a superstitious guy uh, and you're offering him up to us. Does that kind of show like how confident you are in his abilities? And he's like, what? What? What you, is this serious? Like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm not superstitious. And I'm like, sorry, I don't know. It's just like, it's the ninth inning. I'm not talking to my pitcher right now if he's in the midst of a no-no personally. Right. Um, so, but whatever, whatever. We're fine. We got. But he's like, then he starts saying that he's got confidence in his guy or whatever. It was funny uh, for most people, but then some people get. But know, he wasn't really mad at you. No, I mean, you know. Okay. I mean, I don't know. He was, sure. That, that, uh, that makes people feel better sometimes. Well, all right. Okay, cool, man. So awesome. We'll do that. Anyhow, um, yeah, keep fighting, keep fighting, my defamed brother. Keep fighting, uh, Dave says. All right, all kidding aside, what's the over-under on people in Doke going full Caleb Williams when Jordan Travis takes his final curtain call? 70,000. Uh, word count was 86, including this word count. Well done, Dave. Progress. 86. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. Uh, so he's saying people crying when Jordan Travis gets uh, – so – what I what I hope they do, he'll get a very big ovation. Um, what I also hope, in uh, deservedly so, it'll be. And also, I think he's the last one alphabetically, which has kind of worked out a lot for Florida State over the years with these senior days. Charlie Ward, Peter Warwick, they've Wadsworth, they've had a lot of really good guys at the end of the alphabet. Mm-hmm. Um, I would assume Jordan Travis, even if he wasn't, they should save him for the very last person to be introduced. Don't have some walk-on waiting behind, standing behind Jordan Travis. Hey, everybody, shut up! Quit cheering. Uh, James Zolitis is here with it. You know what I mean? Like, let Jordan Travis be the last person introduced. I think they did that with Warwick Dunn in '96 for the Florida game. By the way, I think they moved him to the end. Um, but yeah, he'll get a big ovation there. But I, what I hope they do is when he come, I hope they let him run. Let's say they're up 21 to nothing in the second quarter. They let him run one play and then bring him off and let Tate Rodemaker run on for him. Oh, yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Give him one last chance to be get an ovation from the uh, from the crowd. Hmm. Noel for Life, class of 2007. Wake up, Corey Aslan. By the way, this is a Renegade Express edition of the program, in case you don't know. You probably do. I probably said in the open, which we record after the show now, which is weird, but I digress. No question this week. Just want the collective fan base to travel back in time with me to September 11th, 2021. Remember how you felt when the clock hit double zeros, quadruple zeros, really, against Jacksonville State. Was that September 11th? According wow. to Noel for Life, right. I mean, I don't decide. I would have no reason to uh, dispute it. No. After my extreme anger wore off, I honestly doubted we would ever get back to being relevant in the sport of intercollegiate tackle football. I did too, man. I don't want to. I don't want to be fatalistic, but I was like, well, what if? What if this is our station in life, man? Like, which, we had a really good run, and we're not, we're yeah. not going to get it back. Now, just over two years later, we're in the hunt for the playoff. Many players on this roster are semifinalists for end-of-season awards. The coaches, athletic director, administrators have one heartbeat and the desire to push this program to be bigger and to go to better heights. In the realm of recruiting, we are no longer an afterthought, but a place where some of the top talent in the nation wants to be. It's easy to pick nits. But I want to call the collective fan base to appreciate this moment and this team this weekend. Our Heisman candidate starting quarterback, Jordan Travis, taking his last snaps at Dote Campbell. There are several seniors, other draft eligible players that may play on that hollow turf, hallowed turf for the last time. After what happened two years ago versus Jacksonville State, no matter what happens in these next few weeks, all caps, we are lucky to have witnessed this team. Enjoy it, Seminole fans, because the future is bright. I think that was longer than 86 words, Aslan. I'll be honest with you. I think Dave from Bardstown has a legitimate gripe now. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I agree with the But it sentiment. wasn't a question. We could have just no, moved right, right on there, really, right. technically. But well, true, but I feel like you should address it a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah man, the, we all remember that. And I do think this fan base – look, I, I on Twitter on Wednesday, the ticket office said they were less than 300 tickets from a sellout for North Alabama hmm. coming on the heels of four straight sellouts and two of the best crowds Doke has ever had. Honestly, with the Duke and Miami game. So I, I feel like this fan base does truly appreciate, no matter what happens, they're a vocal minority. There are people that are always going to be miserable if if and when you lose. But I think the vast, vast majority of this fan base truly appreciates this team, this program, this quarterback, and what this coach has done. 
Well said. Old dads and all. I think we might have some more of those in the mailbag. She's done a better job consolidating, but we're going to we're going to breeze through this one. I feel like we got the headwinds of the North Alabama lines pushing us to the finish line. Right. Old dads and all wake up. I have watched or listened to every play Deion Sanders and Jimbo Fisher were involved with at their time at Florida State. I realize many people have disdain for these two, but that does not apply to everyone. I just want to say that the constant digs at them gets a little old to some Noel fans, if I'm just being honest. I like Mike Norvell. I am super happy with the job he's doing. With that said, can the powers that be not put themselves in a position of some ridiculous buyout again? I hope Jimbo gets every penny as the school is the fool. I just would hate to ever do anything similar again. Cheers to you two, old dad. What does he mean by the last sentence, you think? What, what's the last sentence again? I just would hate to ever do anything similar again. What does that mean? What, what's maybe, he talk, is, maybe Taggart? Maybe the Taggart buyout? Or maybe having Jimbo being able to leave for nothing? That, that, or, or, yeah, maybe that, or not being able to compete to keep a guy around. Although, again, listen, you, you probably oh, yeah, didn't want to be, too. you didn't want to get involved in a bidding war for Jimbo Fisher there. But I like your point, though, there, Corey. You know, dude, shout out to Jimbo and Jimmy Sexton. Dude, sure. there, there's no offset language in that contract, Corey. Nope. So if nope. he gets hired by West Virginia in two years and they give him $50 million or whatever, it does not matter. Like the, the way that Willie got a, discount by going to FAU because they knew that Florida State was still on the hook for his contract and there was some mitigating so they gave him like $750,000 a year which was you know less that Florida State would have to pay him but not market rate it doesn't matter man Jimbo can sit around and do nothing Jimbo can go get hired and make tons of money what he's owed in that contract that he signed whatever two years ago I mean he's getting the full allotment yep. of it so it's crazy it's insanity it's insanity what these athletic directors and these presidents have done for years and what was so crazy about Jimbo's extension after the 2020 COVID season who were they bidding against yeah the, the Jets weren't coming the Seahawks weren't interested like who did they think they why did they think they had to do that he already was owed 40 million dollars he already had a, a long contract it's just it's crazy that these schools and these these administrations conduct business like this this isn't how the real world works if you want to leave me that's fine here's a you, you obviously they don't have a non-compete clause but here's the money you're going to owe if you leave and for some reason jimmy sexton has convinced hopefully the market is reset after jimbo's debacle that he, he convinced all these administrators no 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 you can't you're going to run jimbo away if you don't if you have language like that in the contract this has to be all one-sided otherwise he's not going to stay it's like, oh, I mean, it's just crazy that these people uh, fall for it over and over again. And, uh, and real quick to address the, the front part of it, I would just say, look, man, I, I think Dion and Jimbo had a lot of fans at Florida State. Clearly, uh, they were beloved at certain times. Uh, but there's also been things that have happened in the last five or six years after their times at Florida State or with Jimbo, quite frankly, outrunning, you know, leaving Florida State that rub people the wrong way. And I think people are allowed to be uh, rubbed the wrong way by that, you know, and feel like, you know, uh, devalued. And so that's where a lot of it comes from. Yeah. Also, yeah, man, I, you know, the, the Dion digs, Jimbo digs. I mean, I fought the good fight for Jimbo as long as I could, but when it became apparent that he no longer had it, I just kind of had to surrender to it. But, um, I don't well, know, man, Dion look, just Dion two months ago was just saying, I'm not a Noel. What, I, what, what am I, you know, I, it I wasn't get it. Like he was ashamed of it. It was just him trying to be like, listen, I'm, I'm focused on where I'm at now, where my feet are. I'm not, cause somebody was asking him about rivalries and the Miami Florida state rivalry. Well, and and she then, said, you're a Noel when you played the Canes and he's like, I'm a what? I'm not a Noel. I'm a what? I don't know, but do we want to call Mike Norvell a Central Arkansas Bear? You know, it's like, man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Florida State no, Seminole. But no, man, no, you know? it, it wasn't that. It was he's saying he didn't graduate from Florida State, so he doesn't consider himself a Noel. He graduated from that school in Alabama. I was he, being a smart aleck, I feel like. I know, but I, but I, I just feel, I, you know, again. Wasn't that, a right move. Rub, yeah, if, if PR school. the wrong way. Yeah. PR school, like, hey, Dion, not necessary. Also, we were told we were idiots uh, by Rich Eisen and others. Florida State fans, Florida State media were told for – you know, the last better better half of the last year and a half, two years, that they were idiots for not hiring Dion. So that's where some of that comes from, too. It's like, all right, well, maybe they were idiots for hiring Dion. Maybe he'd be, maybe he'd be better than ten and zero this year. <laughs> Who knows? But I feel like the guy they hired is doing a pretty good job right now. Yeah. Uh, but then again, let's not count our chickens after one season because we did that here. Two seasons, buddy. Two seasons. Two ten win seasons. 
No, but I mean, like after Jim, after Mike's first year, I know COVID year, but whatever. If you want to count 2021 as year one and 2020 as year zero, things still weren't looking all that great. He's oh he's, sure, he's doubled the win total at Colorado, but yeah, they're probably not making it to a bowl. And you know, people were talking about him maybe you know sneaking up and winning eight nine games in year one. So tell you what, uh, they got a they got. I know they're not going to get to a bowl because I think they got a really tough game to end it. But uh, they got Washington State this week. That's going to be a doozy. Gettable. They're gettable. Yeah, and it's a gettable win for the for the, for the the Buffaloes. It's a road game, but it's a gettable win. Uh, they've got Washington State on a Friday and then at Utah. Yeah, probably going to lose to Utah. Yeah, not a lot of people win at Rice-Eccles, so nothing. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, hey, old dad, I appreciate you, man. Um, we're in the minority, but but I love you. Noel Boyo, too. Wake up. What player from the 2013 team other than Jameis Winston will get the loudest ovation this weekend? You know, I'm wondering about that because who's all coming? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, Jalen can't be here. Uh, Terrence Brooks should be here. Like, Jernigan. Rashad Green, maybe? Hmm. Kelvin? Kel- I mean, if Kelvin was, I mean, I might get kicked out of the press box for cheering. I mean, Kelvin should be there. Kelvin should be at the game, I would think. Uh, he's not playing in the NFL. I'm just trying to think of all the guys that are still playing. And there's a few, quite a few, actually, but... Um, Jameis being one of them. So I don't – are the Saints off this week? Oh, I don't – that I don't know. That I don't know. Um, I wonder if they – they might have scheduled it for this game because the Saints are off this week. Can mm, you look that up? I'm going to look it up right now. And I, and I don't want to project on our guy here. Um, I just wonder if, like, since things haven't worked out well for Kelvin, if he wouldn't want to be around for this. It's like, you know, your, your class reunion and everybody's married and has kids, but, like, you're not – so, like, do you really want to show up to your class reunion and, and not be, like, this towering success? They are off. Yeah, they don't play till the 26th. So, the Saints, that is. Okay, so, yeah, then Jameis will be here. He'll get uh, – he he should get the biggest uh, applause by far. Uh, Joyner, I think, will probably Ooh. be there. And I would say Kelvin's right up there, man. Yeah. Like, Kelvin caught the most most famous catch in Florida State history. Um, at least top two or three. So, yeah, I would think – those would be those would be my I, and look, man, Kelvin. Yeah, obviously his career didn't work out great in the NFL, but uh, he got right for about a year physically, and was especially the second half of 2013 was utterly unstoppable, and was you know one of the big reasons they won a national champ. He was just incredible. He was just incredible. I still can't get over what he did to Florida mm. ten years ago. That was nuts. So uh, yeah, he deserves it. He deserves a good. I hope he comes and, and appreciates it and embraces. The love that I don't know how often he's been back, uh, and I hope he is back. He he embraces the love that the fan base has for him in those yeah. two years that he was, uh, you know, playing for Florida State. I love him, man. He's he's still the wallpaper on my personal laptop. Is like somebody photoshopped the crystal football in his hands as he made the uh, touchdown right. catch from the end, like the end zone back camera uh, photograph of it. What You're was gonna be switching that to uh, Johnny Wilson? In about six weeks, buddy. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be mossing some poor Georgia kid. <laughs> What's a superlative you use to describe the catch that, that Kelvin made in terms of Florida State lore? I mean, is it what, the, the most impactful, the most important, the most iconic? I mean, it, how it's got to be all of them, right? Like, I think Peter Warwick's in the Sugar Bowl. That's what I was going to say, that, that juggling they were already, catch. They were already up by 10. Yeah. Um, and they had the ball on the other side of the midfield with, like, six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They were already on their way to winning that game. Like, Kelvin... That's win or lose right there. It's like 11, what is it, eight seconds left when he catches that thing? Like 10 seconds, whatever it was. Um, yeah, no, I'd say that's probably the most famous catch in Florida State history, I would think. Hmm. Am I missing one? I don't think so. I think that's it. Burt Reed, I'm sure, had one. He had a famous drop. Right oh, P.K. Before. Sam or P.K. No, Sam? Come on. No, no. That, because I, I think it like Nash, like Warwick Dunn in the Swamp was another big one. Yeah. Um, but that was more of a catch and run. This was like a snag. I, I think it's I think I think I've settled the debate in my own brain. I, I think that's number one. Peter Warwick's probably number two with that juggling catch. You got to be a championship or something very close to it. I, yeah. yeah, I guess that's it. I, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I love you, D-Rob. Fourth and 14 would have been on my list, too. Parchment, maybe. Parchment, too, man. Parchment, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Parchment Funkadelic. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I love that it. would be funny. The Mount Rushmore is Kelvin Benjamin, <laughs> Peter Warwick, uh, Warwick Dunn, and Andrew Parchment. Parchment. Uh, our guy out there in Georgia, six, uh, C691027. Do you all think we should run up the score like we did against Savannah State 
causing them to give the second half in and allow the running clock in order to collect their fat check. As I recall, our walk-ons were scoring on them. No, and I think uh, that that also I thought had some – one of those games back then was weather, uh, related, was weather and yeah. they just called it with like half the third quarter to go. They're just like, well, this is dumb anyway. Let's just call it. Um, no, because I think you have a lot of dudes on both lines of scrimmages. You have a lot of freshmen and underclassmen that have not played a lot. And just give them reps. I know it's North Alabama. I know it's it's they're playing worse players than they do in practice. But still, it's cool for them to experience Doke and get to go make plays in Doke. And you want to instill that confidence in them and give them as many reps as possible. You don't want to you don't want to win by a hundred, but you want to get up early, get up often, get your starters off the field. Anybody in the the two deep really, get them off the field and let the young guys go play. The Walking Knoll 01, all right, all right, all right. We made it this far. One comment, one question. First, I see this season as a complete success in making it into the college football playoff because by the time we play our game, the 2024 recruits will have already signed, so they will have had the great impression of FSU as they are putting pen to paper. That, to me, is what is so exciting, seeing the stacking on of good classes, which should lead to years of success. Also, it wouldn't hurt to win the whole thing. Mm, Absolutely, amen. man. Yeah, let's. Yep. Uh, I said it before the year, man. College football playoff or bust, man. That was the that was the barometer for us. His question is the same as Jernol's, so I'm going to read these together. Question from Walking Knoll, and then I'll go to Jernol's. They're they're pretty much the same thing. If if Mike Norvell were to put both of you in the game Saturday, what position would you want to play? He says he would want to play safety. I'd absolutely want to play quarterback. I think I could do it, man. I really think I could do. It. I could play like Chad Pennington. Couldn't play like Jameis or Jordan. But, man, I think I'd be able to see it. I think I could see it so well. Jaronol says, um, if Aslan had to play every offensive snap and Corey had to play every defensive snap, what would the score prediction be for the North Alabama game? And what position would give? Uh, what position would each of you line up at to give Florida State the best chance to win? So if I played every offensive snap, then it'd be receiver probably. Um, and Corey played... Linebacker, you want to play safety, Corey, every defensive snap. And we're out there. I'm going to say that Florida State wins 66-13. Final score. Final prediction. Yeah, I'm probably going to be a safety, okay. I think. And I'm just going to hope the other 10 guys keep guys from getting into my area. What about like a, uh, a D-end? I mean, I know I get blown up, but I feel like the linebackers can help mitigate me getting destroyed by the uh, right tackle of the of North Alabama. I don't know. Is corner? I mean, I I feel like anywhere I go, I'm going to be exposed. Defense is going to be hard, um, but I still think even with me on defense playing every snap, uh, probably give up one extra score than you would have normally, maybe two, uh, but you're still going to win. Like I don't know, fifty to seventeen. Yeah. Thanks for putting me on. On offense, I, I would not want to play defense. I, I don't even. I can't even. I can't even come up with a place <laughs> I would play. I, I even if I made it around the edge, like if I just blew by a tackle, which I'm not fast and they're athletic. But even if I like went Miles Garrett and just exploded off the ball, I don't even know if I trust myself to get the quarterback down. You know, unless I absolutely right. blindsided them, like I'd just jump on their back like a child. And just hang on and be like, Jared, Jared. I, I think if you came from the blind side, you'd get him on the ground. If he didn't see you coming, if he sees yeah. you coming, no chance for either. But I think both of us could get him on the ground if we, if he didn't know we were coming for him. Hmm. Um, and I have no idea how, but maybe, unless the North Alabama quarterback's like 6'4", 250, um, then that would be a problem. Uh, by the way, our guy C691027 uh, says that he thinks Jacoby McDaniel will get the loudest cheer uh, from the 13 class other than Jameis. That's, that's, no. a, that's uh, I mean, I know he's a Madison County kid. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's local, but I, I, I would be stunned if he got a bigger one than Rashad green and LaMarcus and, uh, Jernigan. I love mm-hmm. Jernigan. I hope he gets, I hope he's there and I hope he gets a big, big ovation big, as well. Big pop. Uh, by the way, this came in via email. Um, it's from, uh, it's from Debbie, not aunt Deb, but Debs a Noel. 
She wanted to know, can we talk about how players are selected to be interviewed both after practices and post-game? Does the press request players? Does the staff decide? Do the players volunteer? Thanks and love your show. So I don't know during the week. We have the ability, as long as we give them like 24 hours notice, they're like, hey, we want to speak to so-and-so. You know, We want to speak to Fentrell Cypress after Tuesday's practice. We just need to let them know by Monday at like one o'clock. I don't know how many people on the beat actually do that. I've never done that personally. I've never requested a player, but we have yeah, that me either. I haven't done that either. Yeah. We have that option. Other, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe people do. Otherwise I think we just kind of rely on sports information and Norvell to give us whoever he thinks is deserving of the, the praise. But then as a game is winding down, they they'll, they'll go, they'll walk through the press box the sports information folks, the, the public relations people for Florida State, and they'll just kind of go to each website, each entity, and be like, hey, like, who do you guys want? And usually by the time they get to the third or fourth company, we've listed off all the people that are relevant to the game. Like, I asked for Akeem Dent during the Miami game, so I'm like, all right, he's a, a South Florida guy. He's been here the longest, and I want to hear him talk about what it feels like to have, like, three wins over them going out, you know, as his last hoorah. Jarian is the guy that makes the game ending game ending interception. Like had I known it was going to play out that way, I, I probably would ask for Jarian. So it, it's uh, that's how Correct. it works. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish, and sometimes they will pivot. Um, and sometimes when they ask, I'll be like, because a lot of time, well, not a lot of times this year, but a, a lot of times it's happened where they're like, okay, who do you think you want? And it's like you know, like the LSU game last year. It's like, well, let's whoever whoever makes the game winning play is what I'll say. Um, and then so last year we got Shaheen Brown because, you know, we nobody, I don't think anybody in that press box asked for Shaheen Brown, but then he blocked the extra point to win the game. So, of course, they pivoted and, uh, and brought us Shaheen Brown. It had been cool if they brought us Jarian, uh, but, you know, Akeem Dent was good, and, and so were ob- obviously all the other ones. Uh, what's good in all the other ones would be if you bought the variety pack from Vitamin Energy. Mm-hmm. Vitaminenergy.com. Promo code is WarchampBogo. Warchamp B O G O. Buy an item, get one of equal or lesser value for absolutely free. For real, for real. F R F R. So get the variety pack. You'd get one of each, like the Workout Plus, the B12, 14,000, the Vitamin D. You also would get the Focus Plus, the Mood Plus, the Hydration Plus. All of it. And one, 12, bottle case and get one for free on top of it too so take advantage of it it's courtesy of our great friends over at vitaminenergy.com they are florida state alums i mean they're florida state athletes they've they've accomplished things awards all conference performers so they're like man they know what it takes to to be excellent so they formulated this stuff and it's great we like it vitaminenergy.com promo code wordchampbogo wordchampbogo Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's go to Winkles. Shout out, Winkles. Wake up. Let's talk Louisville. How bad would it suck to have an undefeated regular season and then lose in the ACC championship? So what does this team need to do to avoid that outcome? How does Florida State match up with the Ville and y'all's esteemed opinions? I think they match up well um, for the so Louisville right now has like a ninety five percent chance if they if they beat Miami on Saturday that's a noon game if you haven't seen Twitter uh, Miami is selling by speak about uh, bogos it's bog bog bucked it's buy one get two oh no uh, yeah you buy no, one ticket really? you get two for free oh boy uh, for the Miami Louisville game and in, in, in Coral Ga- not Coral Gables wherever that is Miami uh, Gardens Miami Gardens um, but if Louisville beats Miami they're in without a doubt they they lock it up if Louisville loses to Miami they still get it they still have an 88 percent chance of getting in it all it all there's North Carolina and Virginia Tech have games to play it matters how they do but still Louisville Louisville is your likely opponent it's not a hundred percent set in stone yet 
So got all that out of the way. I think Florida State matches up well because of Louisville's quarterback. I just don't think he's special, and he can't move real well. And so I, as we watch this team play throughout this season, what always gives you pause is a mobile quarterback. Uh, he is a he is an so far through ten games, he has been a pretty average quarterback. And I would be, it just seems like, and you know it's football. They again, they're not going to be favored by thirty. Um, anything happens. Louisville does have a very good defense, but Jordan Travis versus that versus him, Plummer, is a pretty sizable advantage for Florida State. Um, so that's where I would think that you, you, you're you match up well because I don't think Louisville has a very good offense um, because I don't think their quarterback is is some is unique. I wonder if that'll be the best coach team Florida State will have played this year though, because I just they can run the ball fairly well, yeah, Louisville, yeah. and I just think that like Jeff Brom will figure he'll have like an actual plan. You know, like what was Mario's plan? Like we just, they were going to try to win the game against Florida State, seventeen to thirteen. They're going to yeah. hope for a fluke play, and then Tyler Van Dyke to come up. Like they had no cohesive plan or roadmap to really win that game, yeah. and they played hard, you know. But they they didn't get enough breaks. They got the, yep. the one fluke play at the end. But I feel like Louisville might be able to formulate some kind of cohesive idea. Like we we are going to play keep away. We are going to take the clock down to five seconds or under. And we're just going to try to get first downs, keep the ball away from them. They also have a really good red zone defense. I think they're like top five in the country. So maybe they think if we can just hold Florida State to three, not six, and if we can capitalize on our, you know, limited opportunities, we might be all right. But, you know, they haven't played the easiest schedule, or I'm sorry, they haven't played the hardest schedule. But you know, they they've done some pretty impressive things. They 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 kind of took it to Notre Dame. They yeah. scored 13 points, I think, in the last quarter and a half in Raleigh against that really good. NC State team to win, um, so I mean they've they've got the potential to, to be a, a crow on the side. Yeah, uh, and they State and they sure. and they they went eight quarters without giving up a touchdown. Um, they, they I think they had they shut out Duke maybe and then gave up three points to the next team. Like they they their defense is legit and they've got some dudes on offense. The Thrash Kid is good at wide receiver. They've got a good running back. Two uh, good running li- backs. Yeah. yeah, the line of scrimmage seems pretty good. It's just they haven't. I, I guess I, I keep coming back to this. They have, they will have not seen anything even close to an offense like Florida State's. Like, I don't know what the best offense they face this year is, uh, but it's not in the same stratosphere as what Florida State would bring to Charlotte, will be bringing to Charlotte. So, uh, But, yeah, look, man, they, again, Louisville's no joke. They're 10th in the country. Uh, I just think what worry, they, they're good on the line of scrimmage, but you would be really concerned, in my opinion, if they had the Cunningham kids still. Because he's a difference maker with his legs, uh, this kid is going to have to beat you with his right arm. And yeah, they will be well coached. It's not a it's not a cakewalk. They can absolutely beat Florida State. I would just be surprised because they're not special at quarterback. Yeah, trying to. I'm going to lean on you here, Corey. You've got the better uh, memory than I do, but like maybe some apples to apples comparisons. Uh, they lost at Pitt, thirty eight twenty one. You yeah. beat Pitt. What was the final? Twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. Yeah, without your receiving core, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, they beat Virginia Tech at home, thirty four to three. Yeah. You beat them. What thirty four twenty? Thirty nine seventeen. But their last seven was a kick return. Okay. So you know they scored ten points off you. Virginia Tech did. Uh, they beat Duke at home, twenty three to zero, and you beat Duke thirty eight to twenty. Okay, so. So similar, right? Be, yeah. yeah. So the, you know, the, if you look at the margins of victory, that's very, very similar stuff, right there. So it'll we'll be see good. what they do to Miami. Let's yeah. see if they can beat Miami by seven. We will see. All right. Next up here, up north, Knowles guy. Wake up, fellas! It's almost have a few big boy beverages and relax Saturday. I'm hoping to see lot of Tate. Hoping to see lots of Tate's cannon arm, Kaziah, Rodney, CJ bulldozing defenders. And Omar and Blake getting in the backfield causing havoc. Hope you guys are able to enjoy it as much as the rest of Knoll Nation. Coming off the Miami Hate Week dub, had me reminiscing about the history of the rivalry and how Miami got so far from its once dominant spot in this sport. Seems many Canes are taking the loss as a moral victory. I cannot fathom the FSU fan base ever doing so in a loss. Heck, we won, and many Knolls are still unhappy. Right. I feel like 2018 was kind of a 
A little bit no, of No, because they had a lead, right? They were up 27 to 7 and lost that game. You know what I mean? If they'd have come back and, and made it 28-27 and then went for two and didn't get it, yeah. that might have felt different, but I think Florida State fans were crushed and really upset by that loss because of they had the 20-point lead in the second half. I think it was like a it was like a Willie Taggart. Maybe this won't be horrible. Uh, yes, as bad as like he, yeah. he this team that looked awful against Syracuse, yeah, horrible, yeah, yeah. won the next week and then was up twenty points at Miami uh, the following week and then uh, it kind of collapsed. Yeah, I remember the Orange Bowl being held to deal with and that program as the ultimate winner, even if a bit scandalous. I know this is wake up war chant, not sleep quiet canes. But how does a program like that end up as a Nebraska of the South constantly looking back at what once was? Honest assessment, does Mario have a shot at bringing them all the way back to the top 10 program if they are patient enough? Thanks, guys. You make me feel like I'm in tally every weekend, even up here in Minnesota. Minnesota? Support the sponsor, subscribe to War Chant, and FSU all the damn time. Yeah, you know, I've always I'm, I've been on record for really a decade now that they, that saying that Miami could never get back to what it was because when Miami was great from let's say '83 to 2000, sprinkled in there with some bad probation years, nobody had football mansions, nobody had incredible facilities. They were all glorified high school facilities. It wasn't an arms race. So yeah, Miami's facilities were terrible. They played in a dump of a stadium that was a, a ways away. But man. Nobody, it, it, none of the stadiums were great. Go look at Doak in the 80s. Um, it, it was an erector set. That was its nickname. All the, But then the, you had this arms race, and all these colleges started spending exorbitant amounts of money on their facilities, and Miami never did. And so even with that recruiting base, that fertile recruiting ground, if you're a kid from Miami and you can go play in that stadium, that pro stadium in front of 20,000 people, or you can go play at Bryant-Denny Stadium in front of 95,000 people, you're going to choose that. Like, the the, the the proximity wasn't that big a factor anymore. The, the disparity between Miami and Alabama, just facility-wise, it was always Alabama always had better facilities. So did Florida State, Florida, everybody else. But it, 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 it became tenfold, thirtyfold where they were barely even playing the same sport when it came to facilities. But all that said, I do like what Krista Ball has instilled in this program, at least this year. They are good on the line of scrimmage. They don't quit. You know, we'll see what they do Saturday, but they don't quit. Um, I, they need a quarterback. They have not had a quarterback in a long, long time, like a dynamic quarterback. And also, NIL changes everything. Mm -hmm. It just does. Like, if NIL hadn't come along, I would still be saying the same thing, that Miami can never get back. It just can't get back. But maybe they get some crazy booster that's not Nevin Shapiro that will give the, or the, the life wallet guy that's John bankrupt Ruiz. now. Yeah. yeah, maybe they'll get somebody that actually has a real business and real money in, uh, to support the program. And then, yeah, I think they could be back in the, in the spotlight for a little while, for sure. I just think it's always going to be hard if it comes down to facilities um, and fan base why you would choose to play at Miami when there are so many other better options. Uh, that just seems, you know, it's just, I don't know that it'll ever regain the magic, but I think it has a better shot than Nebraska, yeah. if that makes sense. I think I saw two different stories this past week about, with the proliferation of gaming and gambling, that, you know, there's some people that think Miami might be like the new Vegas or like the new financial center of the United States. I don't know how much that plays into luring an 18-year-old kid to want to come play college football to a half-empty stadium, but maybe, you know, it, it becomes more than what it is currently. Maybe more boosters start ponying up money for NIL, but I think they made the right hire. I don't know who else they really would want in that cycle. I mean, you know, I think my one buddy said that he would have rather had Lane, uh, Lane Kiffin. I just, sure. I, I don't know, if, you know, and I like Lane. I think Lane's a really good coach, but, I mean, so much of it, too, is, like, they... Like Jeremiah Smith's the number one receiver in the country, the number two overall prospect. He's number been one overall prospect. Is he now? Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's he's been committed to Ohio State forever, and there's apparently some good trend lines now for Florida State, maybe being able to flip him. Like Miami's not in that conversation, and like, he's in Hollywood, Florida. Yeah. Like you have to yeah. find a way to to make that the the play again. Like the, the but stay if you're him, have, if you're him, why would you? Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right yeah, now you you got to find the you got to find that Lamarcus Joyner kid that's going to take a chance on you, and then maybe helps bring two or three guys in. You have a good class, 
And then you bring it back to where it's like, hey, man, like we need to stand up for our city and well, not, you know what I'm saying? Like have civic pride, stay home, do it for your hometown, yada, yada, yada. Because that's so much of what they had. But I don't know if that's ever going to be like a, a, enough of a rallying cry to overcome $80,000 more to go play at another institution. Right. Correct. So. November 5th. That's just their name. November 5th. Okay. That's an interesting one. Will Etsu get a chance to kick during the North Alabama game, or is that asking for a bad time for kicker mentality? I'm not trying to jinx anything here. I think, yeah. Hopefully, if they get up by five touchdowns, yeah, well, you should let that. You should let him kick. An extra point. Yes, correct. Or maybe even a field goal. Let him get a chance at a real field goal. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if I want him to. I, don't, I get it. It's just, I don't know. All right. Okay. Ryan's in a good play. That's not going to affect Ryan. Yeah, go ahead. Let him have fun. Let him have fun. Drill Sergeant Porter, wake up. You guys are the best. It's always great to beat a rival. Go Knowles. Hmm. Amen. Jimbo 11. Oh, that was it? That was it. All right. Drill Sergeant go. Porter's got things to do. He's got. All right. Drill Sergeant. He's got drills to Sergeant over. Right. How's Florida been treating you, Drill Sergeant Porter? Let us know. It's been, I think, maybe like a year now since you came back to. Uh, I don't know if it's come back, but you, you relocated to Florida. I hope it's going great out there in the panhandle for you, brother. Jimbo 11. I'm glued to Aslan's wake. Well, he says it's Aslan's wake up or chain. Look at that. I like you. Checks in the mail. Right. It literally is, though, I think. He he won the over-under contest last week, which are Corey's over-unders he provided. So mm. it should be Corey's wake up or chain. Def's, uh, Jeff's daily show and Ira and Corey's almost daily insight. War chain has truly become an important and elite part of the seminal football experience. Amen. Yeah, Amen. Man. We, we, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying, we got you through the bad years and now we're all enjoying the good years together. Yeah. Question. We know how ESPN worships the sec. So if Alabama remains a one loss team, narrowly beats Georgia for the sec championship, what is the impact to Florida state? And under that scenario, Alabama has to be in the playoffs because they're the SEC champion, right? What happens to Georgia in that scenario, given their dominant wins over top teams? Yeah, we talked about this uh, yesterday. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think there's a chance that Texas, Georgia, and Alabama, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what the chances are, 20%, but there's a chance that Texas, Alabama, and Georgia all finish with one loss. Uh Texas beat Alabama, and Alabama beat Georgia. And does Georgia still get to go? Even though they only played one of those two one-loss teams, and they lost to them? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. I wouldn't know how it's going to work. I don't think it will impact Florida State in any way. I just don't. I, I think Florida State, if they're undefeated, which, again, worry about all this after you beat, after you beat Florida and Louisville. Um, but if they're undefeated, I can't imagine – I just it would make it would be uh, an awful indictment of the sport that an undefeated team gets left out for one or two one loss teams. It'd be crazy. It'd be crazy. Even the 2014 Florida State team still got to go. You know, so I would th I would think being undefeated in 2023 in a Power Five conference when you scheduled LSU in Florida as your non-conference games, and also played a top 10, 15-ish, probably Louisville team, um, I feel like you should. I, I don't think you have anything to apologize for, and you would be in the playoff. I just wonder if we would be talking like that if if we were wake-up wake up Huskies, you know, and, like, we end up having one loss. I don't think that's the – oh, yeah. But, I mean, I, I guess. I don't I don't know, man. Like, I don't know why – what 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 sport are we playing where the, the, the losses don't matter? But should, but the your wins are better than the other teams. I, but I get it. you can't lose, man. Like losing yeah. is 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 the sin. That's the, the ultimate sin, right? And the, and that's the thing with Florida State is they cannot lose. Alabama, Georgia, for years now, they have had the luxury of losing. Georgia lost the twenty twenty one SEC championship game and beat the same team a month later for the national championship. Florida State doesn't get that. They don't get the like the SEC gets all the money. They get all the TV uh, that, that they can handle. They get the best, the, all the money, all the best players that money can buy. They've had that for years because of ESPN. Well, the downside is, you know, you got to play a tougher schedule. But 
if you sometimes you might lose a game and not be able to go play for the for the championship. But the the positive when it comes to being Georgia so outweighs the negative that that's something you just got to live with. Like I I you know in 2021 there wasn't another undefeated team that they would have jumped over. So it made sense for Georgia and Alabama to both go, but this year it wouldn't. Especially I just don't know how you could rationalize Alabama getting in over Texas. Just I I can't fathom it. They played in Alabama. Would that be and then so you know what I'm saying? Like I just don't know. Like Texas and Alabama could go, I guess, but you couldn't have Georgia, Alabama, and Texas all in and an undefeated team out. It would just be preposterous. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting though. I'm kind of kind of rooting for it a little bit just to see what the chaos is. Uh, there's a I saw the tweet, but I think there's. There's like a, a legitimate possibility that the final playoff poll of the four-team era might be the same as the first one. Sands like you know, the, the first one that put the final four in there, if you know what I'm talking about, because it was what? Bama one, Ohio State four, Oregon was two, or we were two, and yeah, then Oregon was three. Florida State was three, yeah. Florida State was three, yeah. So, you know, if Oregon wins out, Florida State wins out, Alabama wins out, Ohio State wins out, you might have the same four teams yeah. in the I final. Yeah, I think it would be reversed, though. I think Ohio State would be one, obviously. Yeah, that's what they're um, saying. It would be inverse order, probably. Um. So then you'd play Florida State and Oregon in, uh, in uh, New Orleans. Come and get some, Ooh. Bo Nix. Come and get some. Yeah, man, I think Oregon, I, according to that percentage thing you were talking about, I think Oregon has a better shot than Washington, right? That's what they think? Yeah, they were sixth. It, was, it went uh, Michigan 67%, Florida State 65%, Ohio State 64 Georgia 52 Alabama 41 Then it was Oregon after that. I don't know what yeah. their percentage was because it went to a new graphic and I couldn't write it down in time. Uh, speaking of which, uh, college football playoff, we'll keep it on that. I mean, Florida State just needs to win out, but Geo Knoll says, wake up, 10-0, baby. Who would have ever thought we could make it this far, this quick? I really think we should take it one game at a time moving forward, even with North Alabama concerning health and depth. Florida will be a great test just knowing how everyone gives us their best shot. My question is, do you think that Miami will beat Louisville, and if Clemson beats North Carolina, what effect that will have on us? Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, I guess I don't know what you mean by effect. I uh, guess like in the context of like the resume, I, I don't. Don't you think that, so if Miami beats Louisville, then Miami is now a seven and four team. And if Clemson beats North Carolina, Clemson is almost certainly, well, I shouldn't say certainly, they should beat South Carolina. Uh, th they would finish eight and four and probably ranked and you won at their place, which nobody else did. So but I would think Miami that. Miami beats Louisville, and you're playing in nine and two, a uh, uh, ten, ten and two, two if they beat Kentucky, right? A team that's ranked like fifteenth, probably. Yeah, you know, I guess that's yeah. But worth I mean, it. They, it, you if Louisville's going to lose, you would rather them lose to Miami than than uh, Kentucky, clearly, uh, because if they lose to Miami, then that's you know they, that's to a team you beat. Mm. And the same thing with Clemson. Like if Clemson beats Carolina, that's a team you beat. So. You know, I think it all comes out in the wash. Like, all of a sudden, the Clemson win, which should be considered a good win because of where it was played, looks better. And the Miami win looks better. It just means the ACC championship game would look a little worse. But you also have a chance then of Miami and Clemson both finishing with eight wins. So that's, what, three wins over uh, teams with at least eight wins, including LSU. Or Louisville, too, would be another one. So that's four. That's four wins over uh, over teams with at least eight wins. Uh, it's not terrible. It's not too shabby. So, yeah, I think you just want – you really want Clemson to beat Carolina. I think that would be a great feather in the cap to be the only team that beat Clemson at home this year. Mm. FSU Uncensored. Wake up, fellas. I will definitely be taking an extra minute to stop and appreciate this team on Saturday, especially those that will be playing for the last time in Doke. I also think we need to step back and appreciate how far you two – Aslan and Corey have come since the mid-decade meltdown Jimbo threw us into. You guys have made War Chant fun again, and it wouldn't have been possible without a colossal turnaround in the effort from you two. I kid, but just oh. proud to be a Nolan. Don't want the season to end. Oh, I didn't. Why, why does he have to throw the kid that he's kidding in there? That was a little. That was a little much. It was a little much. Thanks. I, man. I agreed. I agree a hundred percent with everything you said. We were. <laughs> We were responsible uh, for most of I mean, it. You we raised were. our game. Do you get a ring, Corey? Are you going to fight for a ring if they win it all? I mean, I think you no, should get a ring. You know how many people get rings? You should yeah, get 
Yeah, here's what I want, though, Aslan. I'll be honest with you. In 20 years or whatever, I want to be in the FSU Hall of Fame. Okay. All I'm saying, I think McGroth okay. is in there. <laughs> you know, he. I mean, he wrote at the Democrat for five decades. I get it. And he was a good friend of Bowden's when Bowden was hired and all that. But I feel like, um, you know, I, a spot for me as an honorary member of the Hall of Fame. I don't need to be up there, get a speech or anything like that. But just, folks, if you haven't seen the FSU Hall of Fame, and how could you? It's locked in some hallway. Um, I just want my picture up there somewhere. Is that too much to ask? No. All right. Just throwing that out there. It's back. It's the ongoing contest over at mybookie.ag. The promo code's WARCHANT. WARCHANT. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Use that promo code when you sign up to get an instant cash deposit bonus. I think I'm one up now on Corey. I think you're three up. Three up? Yeah, because you won both last week, right? That is correct. Yeah, and I you, lost both. And you really closed the margins on me, though. But in any point, I don't feel good about my picks. Uh, mm. So take that for what it's worth. I'll start us off, Corey, since I uh, went two and zero last week. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take Maryland plus nineteen. Okay. It's against Michigan. I don't know, man. I just think there's a lot weighing down on the Wolverines. That Maryland team can actually kind of score. Trap game. Yes. So I, I think. I think Maryland getting 19 at home is a good play, kind of. All right. Okay. Uh, do you want to go or do you want me to spell Oh, we're going to take one? turns? All right. Yeah, I'll go. I'm going to take Virginia Tech minus three at home against the Wolfpack. Okay. I just think NC State has a very good defense. I just see it. I don't know how they're going to score a lot on the road. Virginia Tech has an adequate defense, but at home, they feel really good about that win. They've been playing well of late. Um, I like I, the, the win they had against Boston College. They still have an outside chance, apparently, at making the ACC championship game, so they have something to play for. Um, so I just like Virginia Tech uh, winning by more than three at home against NC State, despite his, the defense that NC State has. I wanted to take the over on the uh, battle for the bell or whatever they call it in the crosstown in Los Angeles, but I don't know, man. UCLA might actually play some defense, and USC's look kind of shoddy, so I'm going to stay away from that. I'm going to say... Missouri minus 11 against the Gators. Uh, Gators just, they're hurt, man. They're in a bad, sad place. So I think Mizzou's going to be able to uh, win by a nice margin. More you than think 11. they're going to run them off the field? I think so. I don't feel great about my picks, everybody. Right, just right, so you know. yeah. Just so you know. And I got, I'm going to go, I just can't fathom Washington's playoff hopes uh, coming to a halt against Oregon State. It's in Corvallis, man. I know, I know, but has anybody's playoff hopes ever come to an end in Corvallis, Oregon? I just, maybe USC back in the aughts. I just, it doesn't seem like a, I know Oregon State's favored. I just think it's crazy that Washington with that offense um, is, is an underdog in this game. I know they have a bad defense and Oregon State has a good defense. I know it's at Oregon State. I just feel like Washington's put it, had too magical a season to have it come to an end in Corvallis. I think it'll come to an end in the championship in the in the Pac-12 championship game instead. So I'm taking Washington and the points. All right. It may be if they lose, but they'll lose by a point. Okay. So I still win my bet. There we go. Those are our picks. Go to mybookie.ag to make yours. Use the promo code WARCHAMP. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. All right, last few questions, Corey. Gator Kirk, efficiency, my friend here. Wake up. Who is the most improved player on offense and defense? Is that like, are we talking like career or just from last year to this year? Probably last year. I mean, you could, I guess you could answer it any way you want it. Sounds like you're telling Gator Kirk he needs to elaborate more. Oh, no, I'm not saying that. More words, Gator Kirk. (laughs) I'm not saying that at all. Uh, I mean, I feel like, I mean, Renardo Green is awesome, man. Like, I never said that about him ever. So I don't know where that falls. And but I think he was good last year. Yeah, well, so I don't yeah. think he, he's the same player. In fact, he's given up touchdowns in back to back games. Bernardo, cut that out. That's enough. Hmm. Uh, we can't keep talking you up and you keep giving up touchdowns in the corner of the end zone. Yeah, um, I guess that's fair. What about Darius Washington? Yeah, like, that's fair. Yeah, that guy is just invaluable. Hmm. Like you put him at left tackle, he might play center some this week. He can play guard. He plays every spot on the field, and he's pretty good at all of them. Like they put him. The only reason they came back to win that Clemson game and gave Jordan any time to throw it all is because they put him in for Byers at right tackle. And then against Miami, 
He's playing left tackle. Like the guy just the guy just is invaluable in the in the role he can play in this with this team. Well said. Um, is there anybody else you think on defense? I agree with you offensively saying Darius. Deloach? Oh, man. Yeah. I think people liked him last year, the first half of last year, yeah. and then second half he kind of tapered off. But, yeah, man, he's been a force. Well said. Yeah, we'll go Darius and Kalen. Final answer. I'm, I feel good go. about that. We did it. Did it. About that. Last one, Naples, Mark, M. Adams, CZ. Wake up. Wake up. Thinking ahead to Florida and the ACC championship game in Charlotte and the notion of unleashing Jordan Travis's full abilities as a dual-threat quarterback. The time is now. Huh. Jordan Travis has some biz- – unless unless Jordan Travis has some bizarre private agreement with the coaching staff that he runs as little as possible, we need to let the horse out the barn. Full offense. Keon, Johnny, Trey, Hakeem, you name it. We can beat anyone in the top four once we get there, but we need to crush Florida and Louisville first. Step on the gas. If someone sustains an injury, so be it. There is an opportunity here to win another national title if FSU puts all of its chips on the table and dares the other team to stop us. You know how many yards Jordan Travis has rushing this year? 450? 160. What? He's averaging 16 yards. I mean, it counts for sacks, sacks, too. But he doesn't get sacked much. He's he's averaging 16 yards rushing per game. His longest rush of the year is 20 yards. Last year it was 71. The year before it was 53. The year before it was 88. And the year before that was 66. So I think I think it's obvious that's not who he is anymore. And I think it's a great testament to what he's become that – Two years ago, if Florida State had any chance to win a game, it felt like he had to he had to bust a long run and run for five first downs at least, and maybe run for a hundred yards in the game. Like that's what he did. And then now he's averaging sixteen yards per game rushing, and they're ten and up. Um, I'm not saying I disagree with Mark at all. I just think maybe there's a reason for that. Um, that you know they, I think. That's not part of the offense as much as it was two years ago. They don't call a lot of design runs except when they're inside the five or the ten. Um, he has not been a weapon with his legs. Kenny, is it like riding a bike? Where where when you play a defense like that, can that be part of the game plan? Like I'm talking about like a, a Louisville or, or then past that. Florida doesn't have a great defense, but you might need them to run then. But we keep saying we expect them to run. He needs to run. He's going to have to run. They're going to have to unleash his legs. They never do. He's averaging 16 yards a game rushing, and they're 10-0 and and averaging 38 points a game or whatever they're averaging, and that's about to go up after the North Alabama game. So, yeah, I I don't disagree, uh, but maybe he's not 100% right, and maybe he wouldn't be 100% right until he got four weeks off before a playoff game. And that is absolutely when you would have to unleash him. You were not going to be able to run the ball against Georgia or Michigan at all unless 13 is part of the game plan. Yeah, I feel like I'm straddling the fence on this one because I agree. I, you you cannot hold back against Florida and Louisville and, and win those games. You, but you, they, can't, you can't do that against Miami either. And he didn't run against Miami. He, ran, he had 30 yards of negative rushing against Miami. Like, so it wasn't – so if he didn't do it against Miami – I don't Miami, know, but Miami didn't have we, an offense though, you know. Well, I guess, but they did have a defense, and to keep the ball moving in the fourth quarter, you would like your quarterback to keep the chains moving, and they didn't. So I guess my point would be, if they didn't unleash him, quote-unquote, against Miami, why would you? Why would we assume they would against Florida? Like, maybe he's just that, – that sword is in the sheath uh, until we, we see otherwise. Let's just assume his legs won't be a weapon, which is too bad. I love watching that kid run. Yeah. He's yeah. electric, man. He's electric. Jane Daniels getting all this love. Uh, Jordan Travis, man, is he's not quite the runner that Jane Daniels is, but go watch Jordan Travis highlights from 20 and 21. That dude is unique and uniquely skilled as a runner, and we just haven't seen it in the last two years. Meanwhile, they're 20 and 3 in their last 23 games with him not being that big of a running threat. All right, well, that, that, that about sums it up then. Well said, Corey. Thanks, buddy. All right, that's a wrap for us. We're done. You want to do a live show later, Corey, 6 o'clock? Are we doing that? I guess we can't do it next week, right, because it would be on Thanksgiving. 
Right. Correct. All right. So we're going to do a live show for North Alabama, but not a live show for Florida. Well, don't say that. They might they might move us to like Wednesday or something. Oh, then maybe we don't need a live show for North Alabama. But yes, look, if we're going to if we if we plan and it's actually going to happen, Aslan, yes, I'm ready to do a live show (laughs) Thursday at six for the big North Alabama game. Oh, man. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's been fun. Uh, He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Jeff Cameron show coming up one to three o'clock. War Chant Report powered by Cummins, probably up around lunchtime. Enjoy it all. It's there for you. Warchant.com. Subscribe, thumbs up, five-star rating review. Again, he's Corey Amazon. Thank you for listening. It's Wake Up War Chant presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.